Welcome to Inspiring Possibilities with Michelle Cameron Coulter, the podcast that gives you the courage to jump in. Michelle and her guests will help you to break through procrastination, fear, and perfectionism by getting out of your head and eliminate the negative self-talk that's been holding you back. Finally, get the confidence to create meaningful results in every area of your life in real and tangible ways. And now your host, Michelle Cameron Coulter. Karen, I'm so happy that you're here. Um, Karen uh, uh, McNeil, Dr. Karen McNeil, and we've known each other for a while. You have an extensive bio, probably the longest one, but you have done so much. I'm going to read the first bit and then then we're going to pick any highlights that you want to make sure that I get, okay, that I don't miss anything. And uh, yeah, so grateful to have you here. So Dr. Karen McNeil um, has a unique experience of having both competed and consulted on the world stage. She is a performance consultant, psychologist, speaker, and advisor with over 20 years of experience having worked with athletes competing in the last four Winter Olympic Games and competed herself at the international level for over a decade. Most recently, she was the lead mental performance consultant for the Canadian Olympic Committee. That's no little feat for sure. And for the 2018 Winter Olympics in Korea, and will perform the same role uh, at 2021 Olympics in Japan. Uh, Karen takes lessons learned from elite sport and applies them to her work with leadership teams and organizations. Karen is a performance consultant and strategic advisor, helping leadership teams and organizations perform under pressure, which the world is under a little bit right now, uh, fostering resilience in the face of challenges. Wow, there's going to be some great messages that we can have here today for sure. And to build high performance team culture and has no contracts for multiple 500, uh, Fortune 500 companies. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there. And we can dive into more of what you do because there's so much, uh, you know, avenues, top 40, under 40, uh, one of Canada's most powerful top 100 award winners. And that's a new, I know that's new just recently. And uh, we were talking about that, like taking that accolade is not always easy, but it's so deserved. And we need to celebrate each other's accomplishments in the world and kind of say, yeah, that's, that's right. So yeah. Karen, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Yeah, I'm just out in the mountains, uh, fresh off the ski hill. It was a gorgeous day out there. So um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. So good. I know you were skiing today and we were like juggling, trying to figure out where we could get you in. So I'm so grateful that you made it back. You look darn fresh for coming off the ski hill. Well, you know, that outdoor therapy, it's so important, right? And it was just a gorgeous day. So yeah. So Karen, share, share a little bit of your journey of how you got to where you are now. Like I know we go back a ways, quite a ways. We can share a little bit about that, but what's taking you on the journey of where you are and some of the challenge, maybe challenges that, you know, you've overcome to get there. Yeah. And, 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 and as with you, I think my journey started in sport. You know, I was that little girl who, um, when Olympics was on, we were allowed to watch dinner in front of the TV, right? It was a religion in our home and, and really, you know, since I was little wanted to be an Olympian and so forged this path and, you know, years of trying and finally made it to team Canada, um, in the sport of field hockey. And I was going to my very first international match. The very first time I get aware team Canada on my back, um, and I'm on the bus and we're in Holland 
And, you know, I get off the bus and there's a Heineken tent over here and like thousands of people in the stands and my heart started to pound. Uh, my mind started to race kind of going, are you sure? Are you sure we're ready? Um, and so after a panic filled warm up, I finally get my chance on the field and I blow it five minutes and the whistle blows and the coach pulls me off. I was just a hot mess. I had trained my craft. I trained my body, but I had not trained my mind. And so while well, as I was, I, I went and visited that Heineken tent and, and, and I was over there, I, um, I was, you know, I was reflecting on, on what happened. And, you know, I, I thought never again would I let my mind be a thief of my big moment. And so 20 years in this career, four degrees later, um, working with executives, working with Olympians, I've made it my life work, which is really around training mental fitness, developing mental fitness, building resilience so that people can be the best version of themselves on a consistent basis. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot right there. So how you, was there, was there a point on your journey of getting here? You went, Oh, I don't know. Or you just knew that this was going to be your path. Did not. I, uh, I started in phys ed uh, as they called it back then. Right. Uh, yeah. Now it's Kines, you just sound smart. Now it's Kines, it sounds more fancy, right? So, uh, but back then it was phys ed. Um, really, you know, I, I really gravitated to being active in sport um, and I wasn't quite sure what I was gonna do after. And it wasn't until um, that experience in combination with our, our national team working with a sports psychologist and I'm like, ah, that's it. Um, being able to help people, being able to train the mind and, and just my, I had a real curiosity of the power of human potential and and what was the pathway what's the model but also what were those barriers mm -hmm. and so I think that curiosity my I call it my little live learning lab I mean I, I had this learning lab as an athlete um, you know multiple Olympic Games experiences and really I've, I've been able to watch the best in the world perform under pressure so mm -hmm. so starting to pull out a bit of that model um, so it kind of chose me I would say as we went in and then after phys ed I'm like what am I going to do I applied to my master's in in sports psychology got in and then that that was it it just kind of started and then um you know it was do I want to do more the psychology route and, and more the clinical side do I want to do more the performance side and I I decided I, I really at the end became a hybrid so I work in both mental health work in mental performance which really is about building that resilience Oh, I love it. And, and when you talk, and I know I didn't read all the way down here and I should have, because the mental health part of it is massive right now. Yeah. Like our mental health as an athlete and peak performance, but the mental health of us on a day-to-day -day basis and the challenges that we're seeing right now, the mental health part of it is bigger than anything. Oh, Michelle, it's massive. And, and, and I think that's the thing that we've got to realize is, you know, I think there was a, um, a survey that said 70% of employees say this is the most stressful time in your career. High stress, low coping equals mental health issues. We've also seen a survey that said, I believe it was 67% of individuals said their mental health has suffered since the start of this pandemic. Um, and the whole point there is that they call it the echo pandemic. So, you know, we want to flatten the physical health curve, mm -hmm. but then we're going to have this spike in mental health. And we need to get ahead of that with proactive preventative resources now um, so we can flatten that so we don't see the residual effects of, of all this um, uncertainty and unprecedented event for people. 
Oh my God. Okay. So then I'm so happy you're here in many ways, because what do we do? Like, what are the things that we can do now to like be proactive in doing that? Because you're right. That's exactly it. Like people are having more challenges with that. And that's, it's just the start because over time, like it's been over time now, it's been months of that kind of unconscious, um, challenges that the world is having right now it's a slow wear right and now we're in the second wave and 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 people are fatigued and and you know they're they're absolute done they're yearning for their pre-covid life etc and i would say even outside of the pandemic being here um you know just like we, we we know with physical health prevention um versus reaction is the best pathway, right? It's it's the, the least costly and it's better for us. So, so let's take the metaphor of physical health and then I'll tell you a little bit about what we can do for our mental health. So, you know, when we think about our, our physical health and, you know, it's on this continuum. So we have, you know, the, the, the Olympian or the weekend, the, the, the really fit person over here and we have the person who is physically ill on this end. And then there's a whole bunch of uh, spots in between. Um, well, just because I'm not physically ill doesn't mean I'm completely physically healthy. I could be sitting on my couch, eating Doritos, drinking my beer, not talking to anyone. I'm at high risk for that. And so there's things we can do to move up that risk continuum so that we're getting closer to the physical health. Our mamas have been telling it. We've been telling our children it for years. We eat our vegetables. So we eat well, we, um, exercise, we get out and play, manage our stress and we sleep. So we know that algorithm. But if I was to ask you, okay, so, you know, given this stress load, given the overwhelm, um, you know, you're, you're, you're at a little bit more risk for a mental health issue. What do you do? Right? What's the algorithm? It's not as clear for people. And so there, what, what I would suggest is I've, I've kind of uh, discussed it as a psychological hygiene plan. And there's kind of four practices that we can get into. Do you have any questions about that? Or do you want me to just go into the four practices? Yeah, yeah, let's go into it. But it's funny because I I said, like when you were talking about, you know, eat your veggies. Now I have this philosophy that I came up with like last year and I go, it's all about the nap, snack, play. Like, it's like what we do as a kid, like that's like, you know, are you rested? You know, are you eating well? And then find fun, like joy in what you're doing. Right. So it's like, it sounds so elementary, but it's so like foundational. Yes. Okay. Dive in. Dive so in. foundational. So yeah. So four practices. So, you know, I, I've, I've, I've heard people speak about this. Bill Howitt is one of our thought leaders. He writes for the Globe and Mail. He's, he's pretty brilliant in this space as well. And, and he's kind of contributed to this, but, but essentially number one, you start with your physical health. Our physical health has such a major impact on our mental health. And so this is something that you want to create. Um, and I'd say a weekly psychological hygiene plan. Too much, Michelle, we're, we're reactive. We wait until we need counseling or let's get in front of it. So, so starting with that physical health, and that would be pick one of the pillars, um, whether it's moving more, whether it's eating for energy, whether it's, you know, focusing on your sleep. So just have a weekly plan around that. The second pillar is uh, our practice is really around daily mental fitness or resilience skills. And so people are like, well, what could that be? But, but people are doing it every day. And so it's things like mindfulness, right? So mindfulness being awareness of this moment right here, right now. So just focusing on that breath, um, journaling, 
right? Processing and just, just being able to write through might be a, a mental fitness tool you may use. Gratitude is a huge one or optimism, looking at what's good and their causes, right? So those are examples of, of one of those tips. So we have the physical health, making sure you have a area of focus for the week, a daily mental fitness tool that you're, you're dri and it's the whole idea we want to drip it in, right? We just want to drip it in over time. And then that's that lasting effect. Um, the third thing is our connection plan. And, and given this isolation, um, connection is so critical. And so in that plan, it's identifying who is the individual, who are the people um, you want to or you can have a meaningful connection with for that week, right? So that would be one piece of it. So who is that person? The second piece of it is looking at who are the supports that you can draw on if you really need to. And I almost talk about it, Michelle, as um, your internal board of directors, so, you know, it's almost making this team, they don't know who, like my internal board directors do not know that they're on my board, um, but I have named these people. So you have one for the technical support you may need. You have one for the emotional support. You have one for the financial or whatever it may be. And typically we, we pick one person. So my poor husband, he gets all those hats, but that's where it doesn't work because he can't help me in all those things. So yeah. make sure you're identifying the right person to fit that need, right? So the internal uh, board of directors. And then lastly, passion and purpose, right? Um, and so when we look at what we were just talking about play, right? So, so when I look at passion is it's, when is your fun meter the highest? What, what creates energy? And are you doing that on a weekly basis? So for me getting out skiing, uh, we, we can't socialize with people, but on a ski hill, we can ski together, right? So, so that was fabulous. Um, and making sure you're doing that. And then the purpose one is really around in a week, because this can seem overwhelming. And sometimes we might lose our meaning and purpose in this journey. And so it's a matter of this week, what's the core contribution? What is your core contribution you can make? So if it's a mom, it might be, you know what, I'm just going to be there for my kids because they're a little bit up and down right now. And, and if I make that core contribution, what impact might that have? Well, they'll feel connected, they'll be more stable, and then they'll have a better experience. Okay, cool. So, so it gives you that idea. So once again, um, physical health, make sure you have an area of focus, uh, mental fitness or resilience skill daily, connection plan, and then um, that, that passion and purpose. For some, it can be like, are you kidding me, Karen? You want me to do all that? Mm -hmm. So, so just pick one, you know, like, like if, you know, like if, if, if that's your starting point, just pick one of those boxes, those areas and um, start there. If you're feeling, you know, you have a little bit more in you, then pick two and three and four. If you can get all of them, fantastic. Uh, that's, that's perfect. That's awesome. Like nothing's perfect. I, I'm going to not use that word anymore, but right. it's awesome because you can just build on it. Like it's like one, one is if you didn't do that before already and that consistency around it. And here's the other big thing. Like we can know all these things Yeah. to actually do them. That's right. To actually do them is where it sits, right? It's like, okay, I got it. Yeah, I know that. I know I need a little, but it's actually doing it and not, and, and realizing that that consistent action over time is when we start to really build that resiliency, when we start to build our belief in ourselves around that resiliency too, and our capacity to do that, right? That's right. And, and, and I think what you, what, what you just said is what, what was very significant because it's, it's that whole idea of creating those habits. So there's no cognitive load, 
right? Yeah. So if I've got to think about, oh, now I've got to, where now I just know when I wake up, I do my mindfulness. Like it's just part of what I do. It's, it, it, it flows in. And okay. so um, I think um, that's why being intentional with it right? Mm -hmm. And that's why doing a weekly plan, reset each week, because if we set these things, and I'm going to do mindfulness for the next two months, then I, oh, oops, I forgot. And then we, we fall off, right? Um, it also gives you a bit of that accountability measure, right? But it's, we, we all know, you know, some of these things or, or but it's a matter of creating a bit of a plan and a bit of a, a way that you can monitor it um, to keep you on track, and then create those daily habits that high performance living. And I love it that you chunk it out uh, like for a week at a time. Cause like, oh, a week. Okay. Well, this week is done. Oh, next week. Okay. Look at, uh, look at what I did this past week. And That's like, right. okay, I, I've got this. Okay. I'm going on more, but you know, so it's like, makes it so it's, um, it's like those baby steps of yeah. that success pattern, right. To get yeah. there. You don't just start like Brian was on the other day and he was like talking about, you know, he could barely walk, you know, and like you could get out and do like five push ups and walk. And then by the end, he's like, Holy crap. Like he's like, I never in a million years thought I would do that. Right. So it's yeah. like when we, we celebrate those, so the, the biggest thing is too, is just that starting like awareness, get the plan, start implementing that plan. Yeah. And I think too, I think we also have to be really um, aware that we're all at different starting points. So, so just like I said, the physical health continuum, we have a mental health continuum right? Where we have individuals who are thriving and, and really driving that meaning and purpose. We have people that are, um, that are good, we have people that are okay. We have people that are struggling and we have people that are unwell. Mm -hmm. If you're in that unwell bucket, really hard to dig into and really have that core contribution. And you're probably starting more with some, some simple breathing um, and maybe connecting with someone, or it might be a professional that you might need. So really know where you're at. And I think um, I, I heard the tail end of your conversation um, just prior to me and, and really that self-compassion mm -hmm. and, you know, not putting, not, not making this another, oh, I didn't do that too. And therefore I'm failing versus it's just saying, okay, for this week, what would be helpful for me? And, and, and that whole idea of not these big, massive things, it's these 1% differentials. I'm dripping it in. I'm dripping it in over time. Um, that will create that protective layer to, to almost create a buffer between um, you and stress. So, so help you to manage the ill effects of stress. Yeah. So, so true. And, um, and it, you know, like just, just getting started, right. Just getting started on it. There was something else you said that it, it triggered something and I don't know where it went. And so now I'm coming back to mindfulness because you talked about your mindfulness routine that you do first thing in the morning. What's, what's your mind? What do you do for your mind? Yeah. And so, you know, I've been practicing this in and out for the last 15, 20 years or what have you, but for me, it's just a great center. And, and there's the, the science is so rich on mindfulness, mindfulness for our listeners being um, deep awareness of this present moment in an open and curious way. And so I often get the question of what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation? Well, mindfulness is a form of meditation in which there's many types, right? So loving kindness is one, transcendental is one people may have heard of. Um, so for my practice, it really is, it's a simple, um, it's either 10 to 15 minutes and sometimes 20, depending on what I'm doing. Um, and so I'll either do, you know, a, um, a three minute body scan. So where I just check in to see where I'm at for the day and then set my intention, or I'll use an app, I'll use Calm or Headspace usually calm I'm on right now and I'll go through a pack and 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 they might have a um intention that they have or there's a certain theme like there were this week was Winnie the Pooh series and each 
yeah, each character has, you know, like Piglet's a little bit more on the anxious side and Tigger's more on the playful side. And, you know, so you're, you're doing your mindfulness, but then you get a little message and it just kind of starts that day off. Right. Oh my God. I love it. And you hit something that's so important to like two things. One it's like to have fun with it. It doesn't have to be serious. Right. It's like, right. the only thing I'm serious about is that we actually are doing something like actually do something. Right. Yeah. And that, okay. You know, you're world-class sports psychologist. You're like, you know, working with the, you know, top athletes and business people in the world and you're still always growing. Oh, like, it's like, we yeah. don't ever like, it's a constant practice, right? It's like, yeah. yeah. Like, well, and, and that's the thing, Michelle, I'm, I'm writing, uh, I think I was telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my first book right now. And, and so part of the journey is from where I started, which was that story I started with to, to where am I now, now that I've done the work. And I think that the biggest thing is, is it, it's not about being perfect or I mean, my husband and my child will tell you <laughs> that I'm not always emotionally controlled. Right. Um, but it's about, it's about that awareness and it's about, it's about the, um, I'm doing some of that work. And so, you know, like at the last Olympic games is I had to train myself just as much as the athletes to make sure that I could show up for that moment. So, you know, the, the six months before I, I got a fitness trainer and started my fitness regime to make sure I was really fit. I did a um, eight week mindfulness course just to make sure I doubled down on that um, nutrition. I used athletic greens at the games. And so I had my whole plan so that I could be my best as well. And so I think that's the point is we are human we are going to react. And, and, and when you're going into intense moments, prepare, get yourself ready for that. Right. Yeah. So good. Um, so good. I, I know that you dropped in the link here for your, your, um, your, is it on here? Let me see. Oh yes. Okay. So the hygiene planning, I love it. Yeah. That's what there's a PDF that everyone can download and go through the, the hygiene plan. There we go. I love it. Yeah. So good. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So essentially, you know, once, as I said before, there's a few, uh, it kind of talks a little bit about each one of those areas and then it has a few trigger questions. Um, keep it simple, keep it basic, but keep it on your fridge. Right. So it's front and center. You can see what it is. And then, and then, um, you know, just notice what didn't work for you. And then that just means that it was too much. So start smaller. Right. So, uh, it's, it's not failure. It's feedback. And so it's just a matter of being able to adapt. Yeah, I love that because as athletes, I mean, we strive by having feedback. Like, it's like, okay, tell me, okay, yeah, it's great to know what I did. Get, how do I get better? That's and right. so to, to be open to that, it's about, it's about moving ourselves to be stronger, resilient, all those things. And that feedback is like, it's not a negative thing. Like yeah, to, for sure. You know. and, and this is the thing is like, when, when we say resilience and, and, you know, I think there's, there, it's one of those words, right. That everyone, you say resilient and then everyone thinks 20 different things. Right. So some people are the, it's the ability to bounce back. Right. Mm -hmm. Where, where really, when you look at, I mean, that's a piece of it. And we do build resilience through these experiences, but really it's more about our ability to withstand the pressure. So it's that readiness to face whatever comes our way. So Headversity, a, a company I, I co-founded, um, talk about it as the readiness to face adversity. And so um, it's about equipping yourself with the self-awareness, with those tools and skills. So when you get to your big moment, um, you're ready to face it. 
doesn't mean you're not going to emotionally react. It doesn't mean um, that you're focused and, and you might feel the pressure. It means you have the skills in order to tolerate the stress, handle the challenge and challenges, um, execute and be well as you're going along it. I love it. And like you, like you were saying, you know, to be knowing or to know the pieces to put together, because for sure, when you're in that stressful situation, how we react at that time. And we, we had a conversation about that earlier and just kind of identifying what is that. And I think so much of it is knowing that you being present or us being present in that moment, instead of where everything else could be, should be, had to be, and to let go in that moment to be present that you know you've done all these pieces to help build that to be there. So. Well, and and that's once again not to not to hit the the mindfulness um, nail, but but it, it's such a great tool that way. And 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 I would say for a lot of the athletes into the 2018 games, I I, I was lead with the Canadian Olympic Committee, but I was also working with Ski Cross Canada, um, and we had um, gold and silver on the women's side and gold on the men's side, and and you know you could hear mindfulness at play coming out in their interviews one athlete was asked because he came forth at the last olympics and he said um uh they asked him you know you know when you thought back to sochi you know did you did you feel pressure and he said whenever i thought of that i just felt be here now in korea in this moment right yeah. another athlete you know uh was asked who won the, the, the gold on the women's side was asked uh, how do you handle the big moments and she said there's no big moments there's just this moment I just had to figure out what I needed to do to be my best in this moment, right? So it's all about um, your ability to bring it back to what is now and, and have that clarity on who I am at my best. I love it. I love it. Okay, so I know everybody's like probably wondering because of course, working with Olympic athletes and that was one of like, we, like back in my day, the old days, um, like we were the first working with sports psychologists and it was interesting because it was like, you need a sports psychologist, then you don't have your, like, you know, well, that's right. The fact, it, it was still kind of like, oh yeah, you, you don't have your stuff together. Like no one would want to say I need a sports psychologist, but understanding right. that it really ultimately is when you come on to that day, it's all here. It is like, you've done the training, you've done everything. It's all here. So on that note, I want to ask you. Um, like our Olympians right now, the games have been moved, like how they're dealing with, you know, um, continually having to recalibrate like the world is right now. So it's just, it's, it's um, looking at that high performance um, lens of how the athletes are dealing with it is it's like what we, we can take from for what we can do in the world right now. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. And it's been interesting because I do a lot of organizational consulting. Um, so I'm seeing people in that field and then I'm seeing our athletes. So I'm the chair of the COVID-19 mental health, mental performance task force um, and working with a variety of teams as well. And, and I think, you know, th there's, there's this model of psychosocial disaster response and, and it kind of starts with, you know, situation happened in March that's this heroic phase. We all jump in, we can do it, you know, like we got this. Um, and then time goes on and then we go into this disillusionment phase, right? It's like, we're still here, uh, right? So it's the ups and downs. And then you get into the recovery and the rebuild. And I think they've been going through that, but the thing is it's cyclical, right? So we've, we've had that first wave. And the thing is with the athletes, their job, they, they, they was like the, the, the environment for them to do it in was taken away. 
And so really interesting seeing them be resilient, seeing them be creative, seeing them adapt and adjust and pivot. And, you know, it was pretty phenomenal. And now that we're in this second wave, I think the challenge is we have, we have people um, getting ready for the summer. And so what's really being taken away is competitive experiences as the, as the world shuts down. Um, and then we have the winter games. That's just six months after the summer now. And, and the, they're trying to qualify right now. So trying to still compete in Europe where there's a hotbed um, for the pandemic. And, and so I think with some of the athletes, there's almost this internal struggle where, okay, I'm a competitive athlete. I want to compete, but then, okay, as a citizen, is this the right thing to do? But then it's like, well, sport's been really helpful to everyone in the world. So it is the right thing to do. And then they just do this dance before they even get to the top of the chair, you know, they're, they're kind of toying with all this. So, so I think it just is really important for a lot of them it go, going back to that. Why, you know, why am I doing this? Um, what matters. And then Michelle, I think what athletes have that I'm not seeing as much in the organizational world is those skills, the mental fitness toolkit, the resilient skills to be able to adapt and pivot and, and whatnot. So um, having those resources that has allowed them to be resilient and, and rise during this period. And it's not like it's not been easy. It's called the unknown factor. I mean, I remember I, I shared this earlier. I remember seeing a sign years ago and I, and it was like this bike with a basket and flowers on it and said, expect the unexpected. And I go, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, that <laughs> is life, right? Yeah. Adapt to the unexpectedness. Right. And it's like, um, you know, for, for, for the athletes that have worked their whole life about this and then still not know what is it going to look like? Like, that's really when, when we, when we're jumping into what life really is, if we don't, no one really knows what it's going to look like. Well, we're all striving for that uh, in one way or another, like that's a positive thing to be going, okay, I'm still, you know, I'm still moving forward somehow in a totally different way than what, it, what I had experienced maybe expected it to be well well and this is the thing that's exactly it um is you know uh, athletes a, a lot of people we like certainty we like control we like planning we like preparing we like to know like we let, there's black and there's white we hate the gray right yeah. and so it is it's 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 letting like like there's this preconceived notion of how it should be versus yeah. just letting the experience unfold but that takes courage and bravery to step into the unknown. Right. And so, so it's partly that idea of, and it's not like people, I, I don't know that they, they think, Oh, well, is it not planning? Is it, it's surrendering, but it, it's basically, yes, having your plan and knowing what you need to do at the same time, be open to what is presented and knowing it's that little whisper that I have what I need to adjust or adapt to whatever comes my way. Mm -hmm. I, I got this right. So it's like, okay, I thought I was doing this. Oh, no, we're doing this. And then really seeing is what's the challenge in this. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so viewing it as that challenge to rise to. Oh, I love it. So that, uh, and I, and, and going back to your plan of doing like even the plan that you have on here, the physical hygiene plan, taking that a week at a time, knowing that I'm still moving forward in a positive way. I might not know what it looks like, but I'm going to keep moving forward. And also knowing that the whole world is in the same place. Like, yeah. it's not like, you know, ah, just this one country. Like, I mean, when in our lifetime will it ever be like this? 
Like, yeah, it's it's isn't it an interesting experiment, right? And and I think just like that, like it is, it's it's that's what we talk about is forecast. Like look look six months down the road for the games. Where do you need to be then physically, technically, tactically, and then come back to these two weeks and what is in your control now? Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that's going to be really interesting at these games is it actually isn't the same. Like, yes, the pandemic is the same, but how different countries are responding. So, you know, some of our athletes will be going up a pack tram. Can, good good old Canadians, you know, we've got our masks on, we're following the rules, not everyone else is. And then so there's this dynamic or some athletes get a train in their countries and we don't in ours. And so that's, that's now the new challenge. Mm-hmm. How good can you be with this differentiator? So that means you have to even do more. So, so, you know, I think Churchill said like a crisis is a terrible thing to waste, like build, grow, adapt. You know what I mean? So I think it's that the, the tools of hardiness, hardiness is um, uh, Paul Baritone. It's the ability to endure difficult conditions. Mm-hmm. And, and he has kind of the three C's of hardiness. And, and number one is, is number one is it's looking at commitment. Why, why endure this? Like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I going to war for this country? Okay, now I can go into this difficult condition, right? That I know. Um, And so that goes back to that why. The second one is control. Develop your control plan, which is um, I can't control anything outside (laughs) the external. I can control what's in my skin, my thoughts, my effort, my attitude, my behaviors. And then lastly, challenge, which is instead of seeing it as a threat or what's being taken away, what's the opportunity here? What, what can I develop? And for a lot of our athletes, um, the resilience and the mental fitness and the ability to step into the unknown is the exact skill you need at games as Michelle, you would know, right. As we go into it. Yeah. Because you can't control everything as much as you think, like you need to be able to be flexible and fluid and go with the flow and whatever the situation is, make the best of that situation. Okay. This is what it is. You have ABCDEFG and now, now there's that much more, right? Yeah, that's right. More. So good. Oh my God. Such amazing conversation. And I, I want to say like, okay, I'm trying to take notes, pay attention at the same time. Everyone can have the recordings of this hop on, get the recordings. Cause these are powerful messages. There's so many amazing uh, insights and tips and really tangible things that we can do, you know, listen mm-hmm. to it over again, hop on there. Um, you know, get the recordings, the percent is going to go to our Meals on Wheels for seniors and for seniors connect so that everyone's staying connected through all of this, that we're not alone. And then you also get all the gifts from all the speakers. So Karen, that's awesome. I'm going to do that. I'm, I can't wait to download that and do the plan. I think it's so cool. When you and I were talking about it earlier. I'm yeah. like, that would be perfect. What can we use right now? That's really what we need right now, right? Just what are, what's something that we can, you know, grab onto that's tangible that we can have control of something right that's right yeah exactly and you you talked earlier about you know bravery and courage and that's what and that's the whole reason why i'm doing this you know inspiring possibilities what can we do when we let go of those fears and that perfection feeling like we had to have it all together because none of us do (laughs) like we're not going to to still have that leap of faith and uncertainty and that's where our confidence comes from doing we build that from doing it's not like okay I want to be confident it's like stepping in and still doing it and it takes that courage to do it so yeah I heard a quote from um uh the founder of Spanx I can't remember her name but Blakely uh Blakely yeah 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 um and, and I think that's the thing that, that that's the misconception with bravery is, is it's not the absence of fear. Yeah. It's, it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway. 
right? We have this natural fear mechanism built into our brain. It, our brain was developed when we needed to escape predators. And so often we, we gravitate to the comfort zone, um, but it's stepping into the courage zone, right? Yeah. And, and the thing is comfort is, is soothing, but it doesn't allow us um, to, to rise. And, and um, the founder is basically like, I'm not a special girl. I had $5,000 in my pocket or in my bank account. And I started this company, but I acted right. Yeah. That's, that's what it took was it was action that made it happen. I love it. Such a good, yeah. I love it. Her story is incredible. Okay. Karen, I have a couple questions for you and you, okay. Have okay. What would you tell your 12 year old self? Ooh, my 12 year old self. Oh, that, that you're enough. Like you're enough. You know, no matter what you try to do, just know that you're enough. So good. And okay. What would you have your 12 year old? What would your 12 year old say to you now? Ew. <laughs> well, what my seven year old says to me right now is quit being so bossy. Um, and I think my, uh, I think my 12 year old would, would say like, play play more, relax. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're so driven. You want to get these things done. And, but there's this intensity to it. And you know what? Like play, like just play more. Right. So yeah. that's why I have, like why I talk about the nap snack and play. And then I have, I have this sign. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, awesome. I say like, we started the same, we started doing Facebook lives at the early onset of like COVID kind of going, okay, let's just do lives. It's spontaneous. It's not about being perfect. Like bring on friends that are doing amazing things. How are they, you know, what things are they doing to find joy? And, and at the end, we always say it's about the big F you and to have fun with what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, what would you tell everyone that's struggling right now? What's the, the main thing that you tell them? I think first of all, your emotions are what make you human and, and they're normal and valid. Mm -hmm. Secondly, um, this is a moment in time and it will change resource yourself, skill up, um, make sure you get yourself, um, what you need in order to navigate that internal climate. Yeah. So good. So, and I love your gift that you're giving everybody there. It's so awesome. Okay. Last question. What drives you to get out of bed in the morning? Ooh, I get up super early and I love that, that space in the morning, but, but I think um, for me, you know, it's, it's partly my why is to be a difference maker um, is, is to, to have that impact. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I love learning. So in the morning I'm reading New York times, I'm reading different things. I'm doing my, my mindfulness, but it really is to um, yeah, just that, that constant learning, but to be able to help others be the best version of themselves. I love it. Karen, the head of our sports psychology for team Canada, Olympic team, works with CEOs all over. I, I love you. We've known each other for so long. I'm so grateful to have you here and to be part of this, launching our first of what is going to be a series, like every month, talking around different topics and bringing in people that are, you know, real, having the real conversation about what makes the difference and how can we continue to inspire possibilities in the midst of what's going on and bring out the best in each other and know that we're not here alone, that we can do it together. And uh, I'm so grateful for you, Karen, for hopping on off the ski hill into the river. Send you a big hug, my friend. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. I look forward to you joining me every week as I bring on 
new inspiring guests from around the world as they share their stories of inspiration and tools of how we can all jump in to our greater selves, make a splash and have fun in the process because we're in this together. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Inspiring Possibilities with Michelle Cameron Coulter. Make sure to check the show notes for links and contact information for today's guest. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and share it with your friends. Now go jump in.